Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Today we are beginning this brand new series, and the, the, the title of the message that I'm going to preach today is, well, it's Biblical World View. If you're taking notes today, just write down Biblical World View, because that's really what this whole series is all about. Having a Biblical, everybody say it with me, a Biblical World Now when you hear that word, uh, worldview, it's really two smashed into one, worldview, well, you might be wondering, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Like, what is, what is a worldview? Well, since you're taking notes today, I'm going to get right down to business. A, wor- a worldview is this. A worldview, our worldview, it's the way that we view the, the world. Yeah, pretty simple, huh? It's the way that you view The world, it's the way that you view one another, it's the way that we view God, it's the way that we view uh, politics and finance and uh, all the things of this world. And if you're taking notes, write this down, your worldview is not just what you see, but it's the way that you see it. Does that make sense? It's not just what you see, but it's the, say it with me, the, the way, the way that we We see it, the way that we see the world. And here's the truth. Every one of us from this side, if you go all the way around, all around to the very last person, every single one of you has a worldview. Everyone has a worldview, but here's the truth. Perhaps even in here, this is true. All of us have a worldview, but not everyone has a biblical worldview. And how many of y'all know there's a world of difference between the way the world views the world and the way that we as people of the word should view the the world. Yeah, yeah, there's a world of difference there, y'all. And as I was uh, preparing for this series, uh, I came across some interesting uh, information here. A, A new study from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, listen carefully, found that only 37% of pastors have a biblical worldview. 37%. Now, now what they found was that uh, the majority have a worldview of what's called syncretism. Say that with me. Syncretism, basically, that's a big word that means this, that a lot of pastors, uh, if you're to picture a, a blender or a gumbo, uh, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with gumbo. We had our first yesterday. It, it's a little bit of this from the world, a little bit of this viewpoint, a little bit of that viewpoint. Maybe, maybe some people will sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in it and, and mix it all together. That's what syncretism is. It, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that all mixed into one gumbo, which can be good if they're biblical ingredients. But how many of y'all know it's not always that way? Maybe you're here today and you got a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of, well, other stuff mixed in. Well, you got to be careful because it's very easy to take things from the world and put it into your worldview. And when you do, man, it can get contaminated 
really, really, really quickly. And so what we want to do is we want to get into the Bible, we want to get into the Word, and let the Word shape the way that we see the world. And so in in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to look at, I love this, we're going to look at four scenes from the Word of God that are going to help us see the world the way God sees the world. That's right. And let me just set this up for you. We're going to look at four scenes, four, including creation. Say it with me. Creation. Do we have them up here? It's okay. Say it with me. Fall. Redemption. New creation. Let's do it again. Everybody on this side, y'all say creation. Y'all say fall. Y'all say redemption. And y'all say restoration. Y'all say new creation. That, that's, where, that's where we're going. So, Father, today help us in this series. Lord, as we kick it off, Lord, I'm praying for our minds to be renewed. I'm praying for you to do something special in this place. Awaken us. Give us crystal clear vision to see the world, our lives, our marriages. Lord, all that we have in front of us, all that we see, help us to see it your way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. All right. Well, as we begin this series, what we're going to do is we're going to go all the way back to the very beginning to the book of Genesis. We're going to go all the way back literally to the very beginning. Genesis chapter one, verse one. So if you have your Bibles, how many of y'all are old school? Like it's not a Bible unless you have it in your hand. Like I'm not on the phone stuff. Come on, let me see your Bibles. If you brought a Bible, like a real one, I'm teasing. Candy Bertrand's representing strong. Look at that. For the rest of you, it doesn't count. I'm just kidding. We'll have it all up here on the screen. You can pull it up on your screens. Uh, But Genesis 1-1 is really where it begins, and that's where we should go. All right? That's where we're going to start, and that's where we're going to build off from. So I I was thinking about this. How how many of y'all are old enough to remember uh, Blockbuster Video? Okay, let let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Let me get a real... Okay, there we go. That's better. All right. I think the last one in Lafayette shut down right when we arrived about 10 years ago. Uh, I, I don't know of any that are still around. Um, but back in those days, if you went to Blockbuster, there were, there were what that you rented? What, were, what was there? D- okay. There were DVDs. How many of y'all are old enough to remember VHS? How many of y'all remember the, um, what were those, bi- the eight track? Raise your hand if you're that old. Come on. Wave, wave it. There you go. Wave that hand. All right. Yeah. Eight track. Raise your hand if you had the eight track that converted to the cassette tape. All right. Now, how many of y'all remember? Okay, watch this. Uh, the, the portable CD player. Come on. Anti-skip. Raise your hand if you're rich enough to have anti-skip. I wasn't, so I had the pillow between my seats in the car. little pillow, and I set it on top, so if we hit a bump, you know. That was my anti-skill. But uh, Blockbuster Video, yeah, they used to, you know, of course you could rent VHS, what? Tapes from, from there. And how many of y'all remember walking up and down the aisle like this, just for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, however long. And, and when you, you found that tape that you wanted, of course you took it home, you watched the movie, and then I don't know if y'all remember this, I don't know why this like stuck out of my head, but... When you, when you hit eject and you take it back, getting ready to take it back to Blockbuster, there's a little sticker on the side. Y'all remember what it said? What? Be kind and rewind. How many of y'all weren't so kind? 
but it was be kind and rewind out of courtesy for the next person, of course, that would what? <laughs> rent the tape. And so what we're going to do in the series is we're going to be kind. I'm going to be kind. And for clarity's sake, I'm going to rewind. We're going to go back to the book of Genesis. Thousands and thousands of years ago, this book was written. And though it's an old book, it has tremendous relevance for us today because it addresses timeless questions like, first of all, where did we come from? Number two, why are we here? Number three, what is right? What is right? There's so many conflicting opinions about what's right and what's wrong, but we're going to look at what is right. And then finally, we're going to look at in this series, what went wrong? If you want to know what's wrong in the world and why it's wrong, well, we got to go to the scriptures. As a matter of fact, almost every major doctrine in the Bible appears, first of all, in seed form in the book of Genesis. So, y'all ready to get started? Y'all aren't convinced me. Y'all ready to get started? Let's do, let's do it together. So, here we go. Genesis 1-1, in the very beginning, here's what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isn't that an astonishing statement? In the beginning, before anything existed, God existed and continues to exist and will forever exist as the eternal God. Now, this is mind-blowing. Like, if you think about this too long, like, smoke will come out of your ears. That before, there, there there was a beginning, but before there was a beginning, there was a beginner. Before there was a creation, there was a a creator, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and young children like to ask this question, and when they do, we say, "Baby, we'll talk about that tomorrow." Or, or go ask another, go, go ask your mama, and it's or you know, or go ask your youth pastor. It's who created God? Y'all ever had that one, P- parents with young children? Who created God? What's the answer? The answer is that nobody created God. He always has been. He always will be. He was here before the world was created. And I promise you, he will live and exist long after this world passes away. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. How many of y'all know it would be very wise to build your life on that which never passes away? Are y'all tracking with me today? Because look at, look at this. Trends come and go. People come and go. Pastors come and go. Politicians and prime ministers and presidents come and go. But how many of y'all know your God, he just is. He always has been. He always will be. As one theologian said, God is in the isness business, and no one's going to ever put him out of business. He's just God, and he always will be God, and you can count on him. You can bank on him. He was here before you. He'll be in existence long after this world passes away, but how many of y'all know the promises of God will never pass away? The people of God purchased by the Lamb of God, though we die physically, we will live forever with God. We will never pass away spiritually. We were called to have relationship with this God forever. Come on, y'all, that's good news, huh? And so we're told that in the beginning, 
God created. But you can't miss the fact that before there was a creation, there was a creator. And the Bible says this in verse 2. Check it out. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And I love what happens next, what the text says next. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Ooh, that's good, huh? In anticipation about what's to happen next. Can I teach y'all for a few minutes? Say yes, because I'm going to do it anyway. The idea here is that there were molecules and there was matter. There was an earth, but, but, but there was, watch this, no order and there was no function to the earth. It was, like some of our lives, chaotic. It was chaotic. But the Bible says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And what we see here in the, in the verses that follow is that God, watch this, don't miss this. God brought order to the disorder, and He brought light to the darkness. And God said, verse 3, and God said, how many of y'all know we should pay attention when God speaks? How many of y'all know we'd be in better shape today if we had listened, if we had listened to what God said? And God said, let there be what? And God said, let there be light. And there was. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the, you say it, from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called what? Night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Here's what I want you to see. On the first day, God turned on the light. And when he did, he separated the light from the, from the darkness. And let me step out of Genesis for just a second. Keep this word separated in mind. Stepping out of Genesis, isn't this, what I just read, in a sense, a picture of what happened in our lives when we came to Christ? Before you came to Christ, your life and my life, in varying degrees, our lives were without form. Our lives were void, even though we tried to fill our lives with all kinds of things. As we used to say, it was in the 80s, I'm dating myself here, this bud is for you. How many of y'all know that bud's not for you in the sense that bud, that alcohol, those drugs, that sex, that whatever you're after, that can never fill you fully. You are made to be filled with the Creator. But our lives were without form and our lives were void and there was darkness. How many of y'all remember when there was darkness over your life? For some of you, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe today you came in and there is darkness presently over, over your life. Well, the good news is that we're, we're told here that, that God separates the light from the darkness. And listen, when you get saved, when you come to Christ, God turns on the light for you so that you can see what you've never seen before. Come on, y'all. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. The saved wretches like us. We once were lost, but now we're what? We were what? Blind, but come on. Now we can. Say it with me. Now we can see. 
When worship takes place, that's happening because you can see the beauty of Christ. Because you can see the beauty of the new covenant before you're in darkness, before you are blind. But thank God, come on y'all, we can see. We can see. One of the greatest gifts is the ability to see God's promises and to wrap our arms around those promises God said In the beginning, let there be light. When you got saved in the beginning of your salvation, God said, God spoke. He sent forth the Logos. He sent forth the Word. He turned on the lights. You got born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, as the people of God, come on, y'all, we are the children of light. We're no longer in the darkness. How many of y'all are thankful you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's Son, where you have redemption, you have forgiveness, you have joy, you've got peace, you've got a new start, not just once, but every day of your life, you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, set free by the power of God. God separated you from the world to be His child of light. In the New Testament, we see that the scriptures equate, check this out, evil and ignorance with darkness and purity and knowledge and morality with light. So we see these terms shift their focus. As we go to the New Testament, John 1, beginning in verse 1, in the beginning was the Say it with me. It was the Word. Everybody say Word. And the Word, the Logos, was God. And the Word, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is going to blow your mind right here. Speaking of Jesus the Son. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And you thought Jesus was just your Savior. Praise God He's that. Jesus, the Son of God, is also the Creator with the Father and the Spirit of all things. Verse 4, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And listen to me, the darkness will never overcome it. Because see, Jesus is the light that brought life, life into our darkness. He translated us out of darkness into the light, different ways of saying the same thing. And just as God separated the light from the darkness, how many of y'all know we are called to be separated from the moral darkness of this world? Separated from, everybody say separated. Separated from the moral darkness of this world. And how many of y'all know there's a bunch of it? Nobody knows that. How many of y'all know? There's a bunch of it. You could just, if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook, you can pull up your feed right now, and it's like the devil threw up. Story after story, right? Horrible thing after horrible thing. And there are Christians who want to get out of here. Now listen. Listen. Nothing would make me happier than for me to preach this message, go home, eat some leftover gumbo, take a nap, and wake up in heaven. Y'all ready to get raptured? Nothing would make me happier. Come on, y'all. If we knew, 
when the rapture is going to come. And let's say it's going to be in three years from now. Come on, we could run up our charge cards. <laughs> Let the devil pay them off. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier than for all of us. Come on, bride of Christ. Are y'all, are y'all tracking? <laughs> but with that said, we are not called to live on the edge of our seat saying, Jesus, get us out of here. This world is so bad. Jesus says, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them, preserve them in the world. Keep them from the evil one in the world. Listen, God has saved you. He has uh, justified you. He is in the process of sanctifying you. But listen carefully, and I'm in this with y'all. I am in this with you. My name is Pastor Scott, and I am your friend. But we are not saved just merely to go to heaven, though that's amazing. What we're going to learn in this series is that Christianity is not just about us going to heaven. It's about heaven coming down to the earth. Come on, we used to pray and hopefully still do. Our Father in heaven, say it with me. How would be your name? Say it with me. How would it be your name? Your, your, where? As it is, how many of y'all know we're called to bring heaven, at least a taste of it, to the earth? And so, listen, we are called to be separated from moral darkness. We don't participate in it, but we are called to be the light that shines in this dark world. Y'all know there is no other plan. The church is God's plan. You are God's plan. I am God's plan. Turn to your neighbor, turn to the person you left and say, Dear Jesus, help us. <laughs> Turn to the other one and say, oh no. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is it. But God in us. Y'all, we've got God in us. We got his word. We got his promises. We got one another. We're covered by the blood of the lamb. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got the word of God. How many of y'all are ready to be light in the dark culture that we live in? That's what he's called us to be. That's what he's called us to do. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Matthew 5, 14 and 15. How many of y'all know we're the light of the world? We're the light of the world. How many of y'all used to sing this little light of mine? I think it was six years ago, I stood right here on a less impressive stage at that time, and we sang it. Let's do it again. Come on. This little light of mine. Sing it. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Come on, put your finger up. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. We won't let Satan. We're going to let it shine. Come on, church, let's see. We're not going to let Satan hit out. We're going to let it shine. We won't let Satan. We're going to let it shine. Come on, sing it. Come on, y'all. We're the light of the world. Give Jesus praise because he's made us that. Thank you, Lord. We're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. But God said, 
He spoke, he created. And in, all, in six days, all things came into being. He brought order to the disorder. And then he rested on the seventh day. And here's the way it unfolds. Day one, light and time were created. Day two, sea and sky. Day three, the fertile land of the earth. Day four, the stars and the heavenly bodies. Day five, creatures of the water and sky. Day six, living creatures of the land. And God said that it was good. And God said that it was good. But, well, God wasn't done because here's what the Bible goes on to say, Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created, say it with me, them. Notice, human beings, not animals. Though some human beings can act like. I'm going to leave that right there. Pastor Gabe can come and clean that up later. Human, human beings, not animals, are made in the image of God. When you hear this phrase, image of God, what comes to mind? Well, back in the late 80s, some of y'all remember the slogan, dear heavens, I'm getting old. Image is everything. Y'all remember that? Young people, Google it. I think you know, even if you weren't around then to know the, the context, you still get it. But when we think of image, we think of what? Physical what? Physical appearance, right? The persona of someone, like dude or gal gave off this image, has a certain image. We think in physical terms, I think most of us do, but listen carefully. Let me teach for just a, just a little bit here. Watch this. But being made in the image of God according to Old Testament scholars, listen, does not mean that we are physical representations of what God looks like. Instead, it means that we are God's physical representatives who are like him in certain respects. Let me explain. So we have eyes and we have ears because we are made in the image of a God who sees and hears everything, albeit not with human eyes in human ears. How many of y'all know God knows everything? How many of y'all are glad he knows everything? How many of y'all know God never said, oops, I didn't think about that. Oops, I didn't know about that sin. He knew the worst about you, but loved you anyway, in spite of the worst knowledge about what you've done. That's really cool, huh? So we, we see and we hear and we're aware in a limited sense because we're made in the image of God who can do all that in an unlimited sense. Does that make sense? So we're made in the image of God and that means the following, that we have, listen, minds that can reason and we, we can perform logical operations in our mind because we're made in the image of a very rational, logical God. 
I'm not saying that we always make logical, rational choices. I'm saying we have that capacity because we're made in the image of a rational God. Listen, we can communicate. What I'm doing now, putting words in order, in context, you leaning in to listen and to learn, we do these things because we're made in the image of an incredibly intelligent God who made us not to look like Him physically, but to be like Him in many respects. Does that make sense? So we communicate, we do math, uh, we play musical instruments, and I was coveting Damar's shoes earlier as he led us in worship. Those are awesome shoes, Damar. Uh, we, we look at people and we're like, look at that talent. I mean, they're up here. I mean, do we have any musicians in here besides the worship team? Okay, okay. All right. So y'all are with me. <laughs> when I see somebody play a musical instrument, I'm like, dear heavens, that's amazing. How many of y'all know this team is gifted? And they not, only, they not only have the gifts, but they got the character. How I many of y'all know you need both? Play musical instruments. We, come on, Cajuns. We play football and we make gumbo. We do a thousand other things because we're made in the image of God. We're moral beings. We have the capacity to choose right from wrong because we're made in the image of a moral God. We are relational beings because we are made in the image of a relational God. How many of y'all know God did not create Adam to be alone? He created a helpmate for Adam named Eve. And in the same way, it's not good for us to be alone. And most of us don't want to be alone. We want to be together. That's why after the quarantine lifted, we rushed back to church and we couldn't wait to be in this place simply to be with God and to be with one another because we're made in the image of a relational God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all. We are relational at our core. The problem is that sin causes us either to withdraw from relationships or to form them for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? I could go on and on and on, but I won't. You need to know, here's what Genesis is trying to help us see. Male and female are valuable because we are made in the image of God. Listen carefully. Black and white people are valuable and precious in God's sight because we are made in His image. The unborn are valuable because they're created in the image of God. From the womb to the elderly to the tomb, all people, though fallen, still, still, are made in the image of Democrats, remember this. Republicans, I better be real careful here, are made in the image of God. Republicans, remember that Democrats are made in the image, I'm messing some of y'all up right now, because you're like, "Uh uh-uh, they're not. That stuff about reason you talked about earlier, like, okay. Independents are valuable because they're made in the image of, you say it with me, in the image of who? Of God. Listen, the dirtiest of sinners are valuable because they're made in the image of God. 
The prostitute on the corner, though fallen and in darkness, though void and without form in her life, listen, is still valuable because that prostitute is made in the image of God. And it's like a hundred dollar bill. You can take that bill and you can step on it. You can misuse it. You can run it through the mud. But how many of y'all know it still holds its value? And the same is true for the dirtiest of sinners that they've been misused and abused and have given their lives to the devil. They're still valuable because they're made in the image of God. No matter where you go from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs, from the smartest down the line, we're made. I want y'all to see this. We're made in the image of God. And I can disagree with you. And you can disagree with me. You have the right to be wrong. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Teasing. I'm teasing. I can disagree with you but still have respect for you because you're made in the image of God. Are y'all hearing me? Because you are the canvas of the creator. You were created on purpose. You're not an accident. Maybe people made you feel that way. In your worldview, is formed more on the basis of what people have said about you rather than what God says about you. Well, that's why we're doing this series. Some of y'all pay way too much attention to what people say about you and too little attention to what God says about you. We're going to pull you this way. What does God say about you? You're not a mistake. You're not. You're not. You're not a mistake. You were created on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. But as it's been said, when purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse that thing. Holy Spirit, help us understand this. We were created on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose. And God didn't have to do any of this. Y'all understand? You remember what DeMar shared earlier about Jesus on the cross? He didn't have to. He could have called 12 legions of angels to set himself free. You understand? But how many of y'all know love held him? on that cross so the Father can hold you in relationship forever. Thank you, God. Why would you do that for me? Because he he just loves us. He just loves us. Let me get ready to get ready to get ready to close. I'm just teasing. I'm about half of that. Okay, watch this. Notice, God created... Y'all are a great bunch, by the way. It's what, 11, 19? Okay. Watch this. God created, God said, God made, God separated, God called. Who do you think the main point of Genesis 1 is? Yeah. But when he created male and female, the Bible says this, Genesis 1, 28. 
And the Lord blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see here, God starts with a B. He, but but what? Blessed them. His favor was upon them. Why? So that they could reproduce. Some of y'all didn't get that. There's blessing upon the ability to procreate, to make babies. That's, some of y'all think, well, that's, that's not from the devil. That's from the Lord. They were blessed that they could reproduce and fill the earth and have dominion, watch this, over the fish and the fowl, so all creation could be sportsman's paradise. Well, come on, we got a little slice of heaven right here. Come on, it's a new Eden right here in Louisiana. To have dominion over the fish and fowl, that is, the, the principle would be we hunt and we fish and we take care of the land and we, we, we care for the world because, well, there's this, there's this impulse in us from the beginning, an echo all the way back from the beginning, this charge from God to reproduce, to have dominion over the earth, to take care of it. The, the idea here is ruling the earth, not, not destroying the earth. We are to care for it and to be good stewards of it. And that's why if you see trash on the ground, pick it up. I was going down Kali, kaboom, you know, Kali Saloon, all the wrecks. Dude opened his door and dumped a bunch of trash right there in the middle of Kali Saloon. And everything in me was grieved. When I go to Reds, I'm in the park, I will wait, usually, you know, I'll talk to Pastor Gabe and then do my thing, get situated, walk in, inevitably there's trash on the ground, and I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I can't walk by trash and not pick it up. I just, that's just my little contribution to ruling the earth. It just grieves me. Listen to me. Think, think about this with me for just a second. You might say, okay, that's kind of silly. Pick up trash. Well, I didn't put it there. How many of y'all know Jesus could have said the same thing to you? Think about that for a second. I didn't do it. Jesus, Jesus didn't sin, but what did he do? He picked up our trash and he took responsibility for a mess that he didn't create. That wasn't in my notes, but it was in my head and you need to know that. God's original purpose was for Adam and Eve to reproduce and to rule the earth to produce life and to rule. But because of sin, many people are determined to take life. Instead of ruling the world, the world often rules us. In the beginning, man was given dominion over the plants, but how many of y'all know some plants have taken dominion over men and women before you got saved? You were on a plant-based diet. Y'all remember those days? We'll take that off the audio. (laughs) Let me wrap up. Here we go. Here's how this chapter ends. Genesis teaches us that all of God's creation was good. But not just good. Listen to how the chapter ends. And God saw everything that he had made. 
And behold, it was very good. In the Hebrew, tov, tov meod, tov meod. The, the idea here is exceedingly good. It wasn't just good, but it was very, very good. And if you want to know what very good is, well, then you've got to go back to the very beginning before the world became very corrupt because of sin. What is very good? What is very good to God? Well, let me just give you a quick survey here and then we'll wrap up and pray. First of all, God says his creation was very good. Being male, according to the Bible, is very good. Being female is very good. So I've heard. I'm going to leave that right there. But I do want to say, if you're a man, own it. You don't need to be anything else. If you're a man, you're a man. Well, that sounds mean. No, no, it's not mean. I'm just telling you what God says. And there's no one more loving than God. No one. Men own it. Males own it. Females. Maybe you were raised in a culture, in a home, where maybe on purpose or on accident, somehow, some way, ladies, you are made to feel less than. Listen, according to the scriptures, ladies, females, you're not less than. You are equal to man because you are made in the image of God. And we, male, female, we possess, we are that image equally. Next, the one thing, however, from Scripture that was not good was for man to be alone. Come on, wives, how many of y'all know? It's not good for your man to be home alone. God made a helper, a suitable helper for Adam. Her name would be Eve. She's called alongside to help her man. Men, listen to me. Husbands, listen to your wife. She is smarter than you. And it drives me crazy that that's true. (laughs) In most cases, I'm being silly here, but husbands, listen to your wives. I'd be a fool to not listen to this beautiful, intelligent, God-fearing woman that God's placed in my life. It's not good for us to be alone. Sex in the right context. In marriage, between a man and a woman, y'all got God, not Scott, not Gabe, not Jacob, not go down the names, Elohim, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, he who created all. And I think that kind of earns him the right to define. He said, marriage like that, ooh, it's, it's good. Even though it's challenging, it's good. Even though your spouse drives you crazy at times. Children, though very expensive. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Two teenage boys, everybody's saying they're getting taller. And I'm like, yeah, you should see my grocery bill. They go stand in front of the refrigerator. I'm hungry. I'm like, you're not hungry. You're bored and you're wasting my money. Go sit down. <laughs> you're bored. 
go to the refrigerator, you know, three, four times, like it hasn't changed. Your mom has not been to the store, you know, since the last time you went five minutes ago. Human life, I hope you see by now in this message, if you didn't see it already, I hope you see now from the scriptures that human life is very, very valuable because we're all made in the image of God and we're all by design very, very good. But of course, not everyone believes this. American culture has drifted, hasn't it? We've drifted a long way from Genesis 1. And watch this, if we're not careful, we will drift with it. And when we drift away from Scripture, we lose our authority and we lose our prophetic nerve. And my concern is that in the dark days that we live in, that we be anchored in truth. And I'm fired up that you have a lead pastor and Pastor Gabe and Lauren, who are as anchored as any couple for, for the Lord could possibly be. You don't have to wonder about who he is in private. Is that different from what's in public for them? Thank y'all for loving God, for being anchored in the word. Pastor Gabe's teaching you that word every Sunday. Come on, you don't even understand what you've got here. I want just to honor you. Y'all are blessed to have this couple standing on the word with conviction saying the world may drift but we're going to stand our ground and to do it with love we can say to people in culture who we disagree with who are confused we love you if you're here today and you're struggling in some sinful lifestyle Maybe you're confused about who you are. Listen to me. We love you. And God loves you. But God doesn't want you to be confused. He doesn't want me to be confused. He doesn't want his bride to be confused. Romans says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Lord wants us to have a renewed mind. Why? Well, so that we can see the world the way God sees the world. And there's so much distortion. You remember the old TVs, big box TVs with the antenna? Big, nasty, big, huge things. You sit down, watch a channel. Signal didn't come in too good. What'd you do? You went to the kitchen, didn't you? Y'all you, you, you went to the kitchen, didn't you? Come on, older people, what'd you do? You got out the aluminum foil, didn't you? You wrapped that TV so you could watch Nickelodeon or whatever. I don't even know if that was on the regular channel, but you had to put a little bit of foil on the antennas. Our worldview gets very distorted and the signal has been weak for some of us. But right now, I want to pray for all of us. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord right now? I want you to lift your hands so we can get a clear signal as we surrender to the Lord. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Holy Spirit, mighty God, I thank you for your word. Come on, let's just worship.
Lord, we worship. We worship you. We thank you for your love in our lives. We thank you right now for the empowering presence of your spirit who is with us right now. Lord, I pray right now that you would renew our minds, Lord, so that we can be transformed. We want to be transformed, not conformed to culture, but transformed from the inside out. And Lord, I pray for this incredible campus, for these incredible leaders, Lord, for what you're doing here. God, I'm praying that we would be anchored in this dark hour where people are being blown back and forth, to and fro. Lord, I pray you would anchor us today. I pray you would anchor husbands. I pray that you would anchor wives. Lord, I pray that we would be good stewards of the image of God, that we would seek to uphold the dignity of all people in this congregation and in the world. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here with us today. We thank you for the work that you do in us. We yield to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I I sense your presence. You're hovering. You're hovering. Just wait right there. Wait, 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 wait right there. Holy Spirit, thank you. Spirit of truth. Thank you. Penetrate, Lord. Penetrate our hearts and minds. Give us a new way of thinking. Bring light, light of the world. Bring light to every person here today. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, I pray for every person in this room that they receive that word, they receive that truth. And Lord, I thank you right now for even aligning images, helping us surrender our image so that we can align with yours to look like you. Come on, you can, everyone, please put your your hands down at this point. But if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Gabe, I've been really struggling with my identity, my image. Whether that's just the image of the past that you can't quite seem to get past. Whether it's a sexual image, a gender image. Whether you just, you feel like you are what everyone has always told you you are. And today you've heard the truth of who God said you are. Nobody looking around Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want to pray for you and minister to you right now. Unless you just lift up your hand. Lift it up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Lift it up. Praise God. Put them down. Thank you, God, for the spirit of revelation revealing truth. And I speak over your precious bride. They are who you say they are. You were created in the image of God and in his likeness. You are slaves to righteousness. You are no longer slaves to sin. You are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Thank you for the newness of identity in this place. Break the chains. Break the lies. 